a series of messages called Beyond. Uh, and uh, it's built out of a passage, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. And I want to read that passage to you one more time. We've been talking about it for actually a couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, we're going to finish up with it today. And then next week we're going to bless our moms. But Ephesians 3 uh, verse 20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly Beyond, ever say beyond. He's able to do beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Somebody say amen. And I think what we understand from this passage uh, certainly is a couple things. One is God is big. He's exceeding, he's abundant, he's beyond big. And the encouragement uh, for us in these last couple of weeks is that we would expand our lives to God rather than shrink God to us. And I, I, I think it's possible to shrink um, God to our past experiences uh, we, we end up uh, going, this is just the way it's been for me. This is just the way it seems to appears to be. But I, I'm encouraging every one of us to enlarge our view of the future uh, built out of God's greatness, not on my limitations. And I think when we shrink God, uh, when we, shrink, we, we literally shrink our own life. Uh, you know, we just, we just make God our sized when our lives could, could move to a much bigger place. And I also think when we shrink God, uh, we shrink our view of the church. And uh, today I want to take a few moments and talk about God's view on his church. Church is God's idea. And so he gets, to, he gets to define what church is all about. And it would be easy for all of us to bring our past experience or what culture has taught us or what our upbringing has taught us into our view of the church. But I mean, you know, it's possible to, to limit our view by so many things. Uh, and so, so this passage, Ephesians 3, is telling us that God's glory, God's bigness, God's exceeding, God's abundant, God's beyond is tied to his church, it's tied to Christ Jesus, and it's tied to all generations. And, and the concept that I want us all to, to own, I'm going to talk about this for a, a couple of weeks, and, but I just want to make sure we all understand this. God gives his exceeding abundant beyond, not just to give you a pool to swim in, but he actually wants a river to flow through you that enables you to go beyond your own maintenance. The, the, the purpose of every one of our lives is not just self-maintenance. The purpose of our lives is to reach beyond ourselves, to, to reach beyond just me maintaining my life but to live a life that is fulfilling a mission, a life that is on purpose, a life that is, that is uh, into the cause of Christ on the earth, his mission, his story. So 
Today is a great day because first Sunday of May for the past few years, we've done it this way. Our church is stepping up to make a big investment into the advancement of the kingdom of God. Now, maybe you're new here today, and I'm glad if you are because you are why we have done this for years and years and years. Because we really believe that as we sow our best seed into the advancement of the kingdom of God, that the, the harvest of that seed, one, is the blessing of the Lord that comes back to us, but even more than that, There literally are people that are reached that would not have been reached without the resources that we have put into the kingdom of God. So I just want to remind us that today we're all sitting in a chair that has been provided by an Endeavor partner. Somebody could say thank you. we're, We're all in a building that has been helped to be built by an Endeavor partner. We're all watching these video screens. We're all watching what goes on because of an Endeavor partner. Uh, We're all listening to the audio. We all parked our cars in a parking lot that was paid for by an Endeavor partner. Our kids are being loved on right now in the annex because of Endeavor partners. I want to say thank you to our Endeavor partners. And... And it might be that, that, you know, you're, there's quite a few of us in this room, you know, I could say we're sitting in chairs somebody else paid for, but I know the truth is we're sitting in chairs that some of you paid for. I want to say thank you so much. But it is possible that some of us are sitting in a chair that somebody else paid for, and this is our opportunity to provide a chair for somebody in the future. Our good friend David Martin uh, has this great quote, without a vision people perish, but without people, a vision perishes. And I don't think it would be any kind of exaggeration to say that over the years that our church has been here, by the grace of God, by the service of a lot of people, by the giving of a lot of people, by the praying of a lot of people, literally multiple tens of thousands of people have come to Christ as a result of these kind of investments. So I just want you to know that even today, we are not actually asking anything from you. We're actually asking something for you. This is our ability to connect to the exceeding, abundant, beyond kind of living. So one of, one of my favorite people in our church, I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but some people just get there, right? Jen Lawson. Come on. And uh, when I taught this first message, uh, the next day, uh, Suzette and I got this email from her, and I, just, I thought it was so good, and I just wanted you to hear this. She says, hello, PK and PS, I just wanted to send a note that I absolutely love when you preach on serving and giving. I always find it interesting that the givers like when I preach on giving. And so if you don't like it, these two things have drastically changed my life. When I came to The Rock, I was so broken in every factor of my life. 
my, my heart, my spirit, my finances, but through the teaching and observing and serving with others, my life is now so different. I do not live in the fear of the what-ifs of life anymore. While I cannot wrap my head around why God takes care of me because I'm undeserving of his love, I know he will provide the way so I can not only take care of my needs, but bless others along the way. Being a single-income home, even as just me taking care of myself, can be scary at times, but I did as you taught, and I tested God, and things have changed in my life. For really the first time in my adult life, I'm working one job, where in the past I had to work two or three jobs to keep afloat. That's interesting. If someone would have told me 10 years ago I would be regularly going to Nicaragua to serve, I would have laughed because I couldn't afford to go to McDonald's, (laughs) much less another country. Now I have visions for the next trip bubbling inside of me like a fire. I can't wait to see where else God wants to send me because I know all I have to do is say, yes, God. Somebody say, yes, God. And he provides the way. I just wanted to say thank you both for boldly speaking on these things that matter so much because I know how it can change people's world if they'll just grab a hold of the concept. Come on, what's going to happen today? Amen. What's going to happen today is not about trying to get anything from anybody. It's about entering into the exceeding abundant beyond that God has for us. So what I want to do is paint a picture just for a couple of minutes uh, of God's view of the church And I want to enlarge our thinking about church for just a minute. Colossians 1, verse 15, talking about Jesus, says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things, not just religious things, not just church things, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Verse 18, he's also head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Jesus, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Now, I think there's a lot of layers to this passage, but this is kind of the the heart of the whole book of Colossians, where Paul is talking about the the greatness and the supremacy and the centrality of the person, Jesus Christ. He's trying to get us to see that Jesus is not just a religious figure that fits into the religious compartment of world, but 
all things were created, all thrones, all authorities, all things were created by him and for him. And what I want to talk about today is, is drilling down on this verse 18. It says, he is also, this Jesus who is over everything, is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is always tied to his church. You can't separate Jesus from his church anymore then you can separate your head from your body. You can't say you love Jesus and not love his church. So the creator of all things is the head of the church. So he exercises his will his authority, his desires through his church. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. That means the church is the body of the head. I know that's a complex idea. But this God who owns everything, created everything, this Jesus, whom all principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, everything created, his body that he does his work through is his church. So church is not just a meeting that we attend. God wants to do something through his church. Church is not just a place for people to come and consume blessing. Church is a body. We gather to worship. We gather to be inspired. We gather to be taught. But we got to remember that the church is his body. So he speaks through his body. He touches through his body. He reaches through his body. Ten weeks ago, I had surgery on my shoulder. And out of that surgery, it was a torn tendon, uh, out of that surgery, I've had to wear this sling. Have you noticed for, for now 10 weeks, the doctors told me uh, I'm not even supposed to lift more than a pound with this arm, which means you can't lift anything with it. They also said you're not supposed to do any dishes. <laughs> and what I thought I heard him say was maybe for the next two years. Or at least that's what I tried to slip him a 20 to say. <laughs> I, have, I have been limited in what I can do because this part of my body 
is not functioning. My head wants to hit a golf ball so bad I can taste it. But I can't do what my head wants to do because my arm is not functioning. Can anybody see where I'm going with this? I'm, I'm completely limited. I can still walk because my legs are functioning. I can still see because my eye is functioning. Is it possible that there'd be somebody in this room that's been given a function that the head wants to use to do his will in the earth, but we've turned it, this church thing, into I attend a meeting. Good morning, everybody. I can't even imagine what God would want to do and desires to do what the head wants to say. People the head wants to touch. Lives he wants to be lifted. My head is not going to ask my arm to do what my legs do. And God would never ask you to do anything that he hasn't gifted you to do. But I'm thoroughly convinced every person in his church has been given a talent, has been given a gift, has been given a function. And I really do believe that some people, maybe in the next service, have just been in a sling for 20 years. They don't contribute anything. They just come to church. I finally get an illustration out of 10 weeks in a sling. We are the church. We don't go to church. We are the church. The church is literally the called out ones, the redeemed people of God. The, the Greek word is ekklesia. Ekklesia, from the original language, literally means this, this governing body of people. Church, our church, the church, is God's agent. It's his channel. It's his body for advancing the kingdom into the earth. Ephesians chapter 1, I love this passage from the message. It says, verse 23, the church you see is not a peripheral thing in God's eyes to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. So the church is central. The world is peripheral. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. Hello, here it is again. By which, by his church, he fills everything with his presence. So in God's mind, 
The church is not a peripheral thing. It's a central thing. It's, it's his body. And I believe that there would be a lot of people. You're never going to tune into CNN and have somebody think the church is the center. No, they think the church is peripheral. So the world, the world sees, well, maybe government or politics is what changes the world. Or maybe big business or small business or maybe education, educational institutions, maybe banking institutions, maybe political action groups, maybe, maybe media, maybe movies and all of this. People see a lot of things as the central agent or a bigger agent than the church. But in God's eyes, the church is the mover and the shaker. For, for, for a lot of people, even people who attend church, they don't see the church as the central thing in the earth. They just see church as a peripheral group, a thing they go to, not even every Sunday anymore, but on occasional Sundays when it fits their schedule. But I'm going to submit to you in the eyes of God, in these scriptures that we looked at, that the church is the most important institution in Asheville. The church. Now, I understand the church is way more than an institution, right? But I think, some, some, I think even Christians can get a grasshopper mentality about the church. That's just where I, that's a building I go to on Sundays. But I just want to remind us that we are the body of the creator of the earth. The body executes what the head desires to do. And if God wants to get something done in Asheville, he's going to do it through his church. So we're talking about this, and this is, what we're, this is what we're looking to resource, not just resource with finances today, and it all takes financial resources, but actually literally resource with people. With people who will say, I'm no longer just going to attend the meeting. I'm actually going to become a part of functioning. So we, we've pushed this value that's been in our church's values for a long time. We're fishing in the ocean, not maintaining an aquarium. That's why I appreciate you being flexible. Right? We're not just maintaining an aquarium. We're not just saving your seat. We love you, but you got to be willing to move a little bit. Be flexible a little bit. So we talk about six nets that we're going to let out for a miracle catch this year. Number one, the net of our expanded lobby, uh, which is a great connection space, a great space for beauty, a great space to use. And we're not just build it because it looks cool, but we're actually going to use it on purpose. Uh, and you might want to serve in one of those teams. And then second net will be the net of serving our city. And, and I, I just think there are a lot of ways that a lot of us could be involved in helping make Asheville a better place for the glory of God. Not, not, not just bringing an occasional, um, you know, 
serve day uh, in our schedule, but that we literally are seeing, God, you have answers for our city, and you want to use us to bring those answers. Overseas missions. We're going to continue to go uh, out of the country, minister around the world, go into all the world, preach the gospel, rock groups. You know, maybe that you've never, you never ventured into actually being a part of a small group. But the truth is, God might want to use you to disciple somebody. You know, he might, and we're going to have different kinds of rock groups uh, birth this year. Technology, uh, we all know the future is online. I mean, it's, we, we got to own that space in a big way. And then our Christmas tour is, uh, which is going to be coming in December, where we take our Christmas Eve services, take them outside of our church, and just see, does God have maybe a spot for us to start another campus of the Rock Church? That'll be a 2019 thing. Christmas tour will help us get there. Come on, that's our nets. And today we're giving to help resource that, but we're also, I'm asking everybody here, don't live, don't be an arm in a sling for the rest of your life. Let me close with this idea, Colossians 1.16. By him, all things were created. Everybody say all things. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. I just want to grow or maybe readjust our thinking about Jesus. He's by creation and by redemption, he is Lord over all things. He is Lord over Asheville, over Western North Carolina. He's not, but he's not, he's not just Lord over the church. He's Lord of all creation. And he, he exercises his, his loving rule over creation by his church. The church is not the kingdom of God. The, the church is the people who advance the kingdom of God. And so here, how do we advance the kingdom of God? One, we advance the kingdom of God by understanding we win the battle in the place of prayer. So when our church has a prayer meeting... We pray. We advance his kingdom by spreading his love. Right? We advance his kingdom by winning hearts to him one at a time. We advance his kingdom through giving, what we're going to do today. We advance the kingdom by literally carrying that spirit of excellence that the world goes, oh my gosh, just like Daniel, ten times better than the Babylonian culture. I'm just saying if, if, if we shrink the church to a Sunday morning meeting, then we shrink God's capability to get into the earth. If we see Jesus as a Lord over all creation, then our view of him, our view of ourselves, our view of the church, all changes. Everybody say exceeding, abundant, beyond. Come on, that's the adjective God wants for church. That's the adjective God wants for your life. That's the adjective God wants for us to live in. So here's what we're going to do today. Uh, we have been uh, teaching our children that they are a part of creating the future with us. They are, we're five generations in our church, 
they are part of the generation that's all in this generation that they are investing into their inheritance. So we have been giving little piggy banks to our kids and kids church and we've had our middle schoolers and our uh, high schoolers aware of what's going on because we're saying don't don't just make the adults pay your way but understand that this is your future the church is your inheritance and how many of you know if there's some things you could have been taught when you were three four five ten twelve fifteen that could have you a lot further along than you are today you could you could be like Jen Lawson times ten because you started a lot earlier so, so right now, I'm going to let you be seated. We're going to do two phases to the, to the giving today. Uh, one is our kids are going to come up front, and we are going to stand with them. We're going to pray with them. You remain seated for just a moment, and uh, let's welcome all of our kids as they come in. Let's welcome our middle schoolers, our high schoolers. They're going to bring their best right now. Come on, let's give them a hand. Kids, we're proud of you for making a contribution. We'll, we'll spread these out and make them look pretty in a little bit. Uh, hey, uh, next service, obviously, we'll have more high schoolers because they're still sleeping. Um, but, you know, one of the things we've been talking about during this uh, series of messages is the idea that our church would have five generations of people in it. 
And uh, I thought it would just be a fantastic thing to represent that and to pray. I've asked Reverend Max and Miss Rebecca, who are a generation ahead of Suzette and I, to come in and, uh, and still going strong. And then, and then there's Suzette and I, and uh, we're one generation. And then Greg and Jess are another generation behind us. Like we could, we could be, we're old enough to be their mom and daddy. I know it didn't look that way, but we really could be. And then Jacqueline represents the 20-year-old. And then Loevi is up here. She's representing the fifth generation. Come on, you got to know that whatever you do is not just impacting you. It's having an impact on all the generations. So I've asked Reverend Max, if he would, just to pray over our kids, to pray over this offering, to pray over generations. So uh, let's pray together. Would you bow your heads, please, and just join us in a moment to pray? We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we walk as Christians in the generational blessings of God. Yes. Over 3,000 years ago, King David prophesied to Christ's generation of which we're a part. In Psalms 102, he says, This shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. Paul says in Ephesians, This generation is created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God ordained. We're told in Acts 1 that God's given us the ability when Jesus said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in all the world. Isaiah declared the yoke shall be broken and destroyed because of the anointing that God's placed on this generation. Come on, come on. Five generations stand here today yeah. as token of many yielded hearts yes. to God's anointing. Mm. Each generation, Jesus, you've raised up to witness of your love, yes. your power, and your passion. They bear your anointing. The responsibility is real. Each person in this congregation today represents their generation. Fill this house today again and again and over and over with your Holy Ghost power to witness to this generation. Only your anointing can set people free. Enlarge the rock generation, this church, with hungry hearts as King David wrote, this is the generation of them that seek thy face, Come on. O Lord. Amen. The hunger is real yes. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Beautiful. Thank you, Brother Max. Love you so much. Love you. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let our children head on down the hallway right here. Uh, The teachers are going to take them. You checked your kids in. They'll be uh, checked out the way that you normally check them out. Let's give all of our kids a great big hand as they head on out. Amen. (laughs) Awesome. All right, adults, let's all stand together. We are, let's all stand together, please. We are going to bring our offering. So what we're asking you to do, 
is there's a, a commit card that is part of your brochure. We're asking you to take that card and, and let you're bringing today. And then also we're asking uh, that you would make a, a monthly commit to help us keep moving forward in this next year. So, uh, so those of you that your heart is in this, your heart is in the house, and you want to help us uh, fulfill all these dreams and visions and more, uh, we're asking you to be a part of that as well, the monthly part. And you can still bring your tithe right now, your offering, your monthly commit. But let's, we're gonna, what we're going to do is our team's going to lead us in worship, and then we're going to ask you guys to come forward, bring your offering, drop it in this bucket, and then we're going to pray together in just a minute. Thank you. Just while you're standing there, would you join me in prayer? Father, as we bring our best to you, we are praying that this seed turns into a miraculous harvest of souls for the kingdom of God. That as we throw out our nets, that you will give us even more than harvest, you will give us a miraculous catch, just like those fishermen who launched out at the word of Jesus and caught more than they could contain. Father, your anointing, we just prayed it, Reverend Max just prayed it, your anointing is what matters the most. So this that we are sowing, what we have, we give to you. And I'm praying for every person in this room that has sown a seed, Father, the promise of your word is that if we give, it will give, be given back to us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'm believing for this seed, God, to bring blessing back to every 
person. Father, we thank you. The future is so bright in your hands. We commit to march into it in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. Just a couple minutes left today. I'm asking you to bow your heads and close your eyes just right where you're standing. We won't have you standing too much longer. Maybe you're here today, and the truth is, you've never actually just surrendered your life to Jesus. I, I would love to pray with you. I'm not asking you to get your act together, but I'm asking you to surrender to the love of Jesus, to the Lordship of Jesus. Maybe you're in this room, and there was a day when you used to be close to the Lord, but you know you're not where you want to be, where you used to be, where you could be, where you know you should be. Today would be a great day to come home. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. Nobody's looking around. It's just a moment to pray. But if you say, Pastor, I, I know it. I need to surrender to Jesus today, or I need to come back to him, or I just want to know for sure that I'm right with God. I want you to lift your hand real high and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? All over this room, just lift your hand up real high. God bless you. Come on, anybody else, just right where you are. You know you're in a not in the best place, or you, it's time for you to come forward in your relationship with God. Is there anybody else that just says, pray with me, pray for me, that I can move into a fresh place with God. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Let's all pray this prayer together. For everybody that lifted your hand, this is for you, but I think we could all pray it together with you. Let's all say, Lord Jesus, I open my life, I open my heart to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for forgiveness. So today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus as my Lord. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.